You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. This is season one, episode number 43. We're calling this one Price Drop. I'm Dustin Rhodes, executive producer of the Mullion Haw Show on 670 The Score. Of course, it is your official radio home of the Chicago Cubs. And as always, I am joined by my pal Crawley. Crawley, how the heck are you on this fine Thursday afternoon? I'm doing great. You can follow me at Crawley's Cubs. You can follow us at Fly the W670 on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow us on Facebook at Fly the W, and you can even email us at flythew670 at gmail.com. Well, Crawley, we just found out right before we sat down that some great news for one of the uh, fan favorites for the Chicago Cub, that's left fielder Ian Happ, is a finalist for the National League Gold Glove out in left field. Yeah, we talked about it all season long. I mean, it was just so impressive the amount of work that Ian put into it, and it's really great uh, to see that being recognized. Now, I will say, okay, uh, he's nominated for left field in the NL along with David Peralta from the Diamondbacks and Christian Yelich from the Brewers. I I won't say I saw a lot of Diamondbacks baseball this year because they were worse than the Cubs. Um, I did see plenty of the Brewers. Meh. Meh. I can tell you, David Peralta, I don't have a problem with that at all. But Christian Yelich? You're telling me that there's nobody that plays a better left field than Christian. I Look, I don't know if he's hurt. I don't know what the issue is. I did not see a gold glove caliber left fielder there. And this is not a, you know, Chicago, Milwaukee thing. This is, just, <laughs> this is just based on the fact this is, I mean, the guy was just really awful in every facet of the game, except, you know, he always seems to hit home runs against the Cubs, but offensively he didn't do much. And I mean, honestly, his best contribution was probably on the base paths. Right, but, and, and gold glove is not about what he did at the plate, right? You could be right. a 200 hitter and still be a gold glover, see Jason Hayward. Right, so I'm just kind of, I've been scratching my head, and I'm, 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 I'll probably go through it tonight a little bit and take a look. Like, is there somebody that, that is, was there a total mistake here? Or was it, you know how, like, sometimes in these awards, they just kind of pick a guy that's a name recognition guy. I don't know. I just don't see Christian Yelich as being, that, that, that there's not, uh, you know, so you got, what, 15 left fielders and three are on here. So you're telling me out of the 12, not one of the other NL uh, left fielders was any better than Christian Yelich. That, that, that's a sad state of affairs if that's the case. Well, they're, they're also funny with these postseason awards. There's also, like, so many innings and so many games. There are weird bars where you have to fit certain criteria. And maybe it's a case with injuries. Maybe guys were moving around a lot. With the DH now, left fielders are kind of co-DHs a lot of times, so maybe they're sharing time. Maybe they just didn't have enough innings to qualify. We'll have to wait and see, but hey, it's great news for Ian Happ. And if the Cubs are still looking to trade him and he does win this award, then how much more valuable does that make his uh, trade potential, what he would bring back? Now, I'm not saying I want to trade Ian Happ right now. I'm just saying that that would be another nice thing to add to his resume. Right. Yeah, there's there's kind of two ways to look at this, is that it adds a little something to the resume. Um, at the same time, if you're going to work on an extension, that works in his benefit that he's going to technically cost you some more money. So Absolutely. It, it works both ways on that. Um, I, I you know From everything I've read and seen and everything, if it's up to David Ross, Ian Happ is staying on this team and he's getting extended. Now, whether or not uh, Jed Hoyer feels the same way, uh, yet to be determined. So uh, we talked about it before about how, you know, no one other than Kyle Hendricks was extended from that 2016 World Series team. 
So uh, let, let's see what happens on that one. And Ian wasn't on that 2016 World Series team, but, you know, roughly around the same time with a lot of those guys, you know, made his debut in 17 and stuff like that. So we'll see. We just mentioned re-signing. We mentioned Ian Happ potentially re-signing. We talking about how much money it would take to keep Ian Happ around. Well, let's talk about how much money it's going to cost us, the fans. Crowley, you're a season ticket holder. How much money is it now going to cost to see our Chicago Cubs? Well, John Greenberg from The Athletic just had an article uh, talking about how ticket prices are down 5.1%. Okay, So the Cubs drew... 2,616,780 fans to Wrigley Field, which sounds fantastic. In fact, pretty much every other ball club other than like five would die for those kind of numbers. <laughs> that being, I mean, again, see South Side. But um, at this point in time for the Cubs, that was how many tickets were sold, not how many butts are in the seat. And if you are someone that did go to a lot of games, especially in the in the spring and later in the fall, a lot of empty seats. And when you talk about a lot of empty seats, a lot less beer sales, a lot less concessions. And the one thing that I've noticed is just the amount of uh, people that are being hit up for season tickets used to be impossible. You'd wait for your number to call and you'd move like five spots every year and maybe you were going to get it when you were a 1,000 years old. Not anymore. They're burning through it, and now they're kind of making some cold calls, like calling back like, Hey, remember when you were on the list? Well, would you like to be back getting season tickets? So I think it's loud and clear that there's an issue right now. Um, attendance was very much affected, I, you know, whether it's the pandemic, whether it was the uh, the sell-off last year, and whether it was a team that was, out, you know, flopped out of the gate, whatever, with no, you know, with not a lot of big marquee names anymore, no pun intended. Um, you have to wonder that the Cubs really realize that there's an issue. So um, you know, it's a, it's a good article by Greenberg, and, and it really talks about it was probably the biggest average. He couldn't find a bigger average decrease going all the way back to 1991. And if wow. you remember the 90s, those were abysmal decades until Kerry Wood and Sammy Sosa resurrected the team from the piles because those were some really bad teams. Yeah, some so, lean years. Yeah, some lean years there. I actually ran into a guy, Crowley. He said he moved a 1,000 spots. Yeah, this Easily. season, this Easily. season, he moved up a thousand spots and he is right on the doorstep again to get Cubs season tickets. Absolutely. So my, absolutely crazy. My, my, my invoice was sent today. I didn't have a chance to look at the dollar amounts and compare it to last year's, but uh, it'll be interesting. And anything that saves me money, I'm not going to complain about. I think that just in general, it's um, a good deal. You know, I mean, it, it's a recognition that that product this year was not that good. And here's what they do in these kind of situations. I've seen some bad years before, and they say, we drop prices. And what they do is they kind of manipulate. There's a tiered pricing structure. So there's marquee games, there's platinum games, gold, right. silver, bronze. And they'll play around with those numbers, and they'll say, ticket prices went down. Well, no, you, you, know, you put a few more in the silver and bronze category and took a couple out of the diamond or the marquee or the platinum you know, tier. This is an actual price drop. So, you know, from, you know, it's been a while and people have been taking baths on the secondary markets. I mean, you want to go to a game, especially in the, the spring or the fall, 
you know, you can go to StubHub and pick it up easy, but those are coming from season ticket holders that are the ones left holding the bag and losing money. So I think it's a real big recognition by the Cubs that this is this is an issue. So we will we will see in 2019. So the last year before the pandemic, they had 23 crowds of more than 400,000 fans and zero with fewer than 30,000. In 2022, the Cubs only had four games of more than 400,000 and 20,000, 40,000, 40,000 and 20 with fewer than 30,000. And I'm assuming that most of those games that went over 40,000 would be probably like the Boston games where you have a big traveling fan base that's coming in to take a look and seeing what happens. So absolutely. The out of towners, right? Yep. Yeah. So we'll see, we'll see what, we'll see what happens, but uh, you know, it's, it's, it's that, that, that's, 2019 we still had Joe Madden in town and all the and Rizzo and Brian and Baez and so we'll we'll see what happens this offseason and if that generates maybe some more spending in the free agent market well you just brought up Joe Madden that's our next topic Crawley Joe Madden is making the rounds right now he's got the book of Joe that he wrote with Tom Verducci and yesterday he was on the score uh, David Haw pulling double duty, filling in for Parkins and Spiegel yesterday. Had some interesting things to say. I think I have a couple that stood out to me, but I'll let you have a chance at it first, Crowley. If it was that interview or another interview, what has stood out to you so far as you've heard Joe Madden talking the last couple of weeks? Well, you know what? I, I like what Joe is doing. Now, I'm going to be honest. I am I love Joe Madden as a manager. I think he's a really good guy as a person. I've had some good interactions with him. So that being said, you know, I think a lot of it is is we've talked about trying to get the fun back into the game, trying to get an enjoyable product. And a lot of us have been frustrated at what we see is basically an extension of the front office doing the manager's role. And so what Joe is saying is that, look, I'm not anti analytics. Far from it. Joe is one of the first big proponents of analytics. What Joe what I'm understanding that Joe would want is to have, you know, he likes, give me the information. Let me see what I should do with it. Let me, if I have questions, go and figure that out for me. But what he doesn't want is somebody calling him in the sixth inning and say, put this guy in here, let him manage the game. And so the one thing I thought was interesting is he did bring up his last year in 2019, that Theo was starting to do that a little bit more here in Chicago. Now I know that was an issue he talked about that with the Angels when uh, he was fired, and he brought that up. But I didn't know that Theo was doing that, um, so uh, that was what stood out most to me. Absolutely. He talked about one of the questions directly as he answered David yesterday was, well, in the beginning, the relationship was great. I would get a PDF with all this information. I'd go over to my favorite coffee shop, listen to some music, download the PDFs, and I'd get all the information I needed. I didn't need to go down into a concrete bunker and sit there and, you know, file page after page after page after page. But he thinks that now Major League Baseball wants yes men. They want people that they can control in the dugout. And he does not want to be a guy that is going to be controlled. Um, I really think it would be an interesting question. If Theo had walked away the way he ended up walking away, would Joe Madden still be the manager of the Cubs today? Was it a Theo was it a was it a Theo versus Joe thing? Is that is that why do you believe is that why he's no longer here? And then also Crowley, I'll let you have the crack at this. Do you think he manages again next year? Do you think he manages again ever in Major League Baseball? 
Um, I, I would say that if, if I think that either way, you know, it's, it's, it was always hard to tell where Theo started and Jed began, you know what I mean? And, and so that was kind of tricky. And I think that that is the movement away from these big name managers and having the yes men, these guys want to have direct access into the clubhouse and into the dugout. And I think that, you know, whether it was Joe or Theo or whether it was um, Theo or Jed, it wouldn't matter. I think they wanted more control over the decisions that are being made. And when you're David Ross and it's your first job, you got, you know know what I mean? You're not going to sit there. You don't have that will build that, that reputation built up to say, no, I'm not going to do that. I mean, you're, you're, you're going to do what your boss tells you to do. So when you talk about some of these big name guys like Joe um, you know, or Tony LaRusso or some of these guys that, that are old school. No, I don't want to say old school. Cause that's to me diminishing what Joe did and what Joe has done. But when you're talking about those star managers, I wonder how, you know, less and less, how is it possible that Joe Madden's not being interviewed for the White Sox job? I don't, I don't understand that. I mean, you know, he's because he doesn't want to be controlled because he doesn't throw his arms around analytics. Those are probably the reasons. And they're just, not smart enough to realize how much attention they could take away from the Cubs if they hired somebody like Joe Madden or Ozzie Guillen. They would actually be competing for print and radio and television minutes and seconds if they hired one of those two guys. And again, Joe Joe Madden uses analytics. He just doesn't want it dictated to him. That right. there's a big difference between, you know, not accepting analytics and and and, and not wanting people micromanaging you. And that's where, you know, you're not going to micromanage Ozzy. You're not going to micromanage Joe. But, you, you know, if, if I'm, I don't know, if, I, if I'm on the south side of town and I'm taking a look, and yeah, there's always been that issue of the Cubs dominating coverage. But also, you're, you know, we saw how fast the Cubs window closed. The White Sox screwed up royally with Tony La Russa. You, you have, you're, you're running out of time to get this right, Okay. So if you got somebody that you think's an absolute, you know, superstar manager, great. Joe Madden has a ring. Joe Madden uh, was in Tampa Bay when they had many successful years. Joe Madden has proven to get a lot out of there. Did he do it in Anaheim? No. But guess what? That, here's the one thing. I, I, when Joe took the job in Anaheim, I knew how much he wanted that, you know, to kind of go back where he started as a bench coach and where he won a World Series previously but I was worried because I knew he was walking into a mess as far as ownership, as far as the GM situation. Uh, they were dealing with the, the, the relief pitcher that OD'd and the employee that gave him the drugs. I mean, it's just a mess of a situation. So do I blame that on Joe? I don't know what is going on in Anaheim. I just look at the body of work and just say to myself, man, you know, fine. If the White Sox don't want Joe, that's fine. But I think it's a mistake.